It's Latopia Daily, the web's first daily bulletin about writing and publishing. And now, here's Peter Cox. I've just come back from lunch with a very interesting person called Rolf Swinton. He was introduced to me by a publisher who I hold in very high regard, especially as far as all things web are concerned, as someone who really understands the publishing business right now in its state of flux, and perhaps even more importantly, can see what it's developing into in the next few years. Rolf's CV is one of the most extraordinary I've ever seen. Uh, you can check it out on LinkedIn. Um, he's got degrees from both Yale and Cambridge, and at Cambridge he was part of the winning boat race team that year. Um, and then he went on to do all kinds of things um, based around management consultancy. Um, he's been a media, entertainment and technology entrepreneur. He started lots of companies, raised finance for them. And now he's moving on to become himself a professor at INSEAD, which of course is Europe's leading business school. It's a post he takes up this September. So it was rather good timing, I think, to talk to him about where we are today in publishing. This is how lunch went. So I'm, I'm having lunch today with Rolf Swinton. How was your lunch? Well, delicious, delicious. Are you kidding me? The Parmesan cheese and all. So uh, you're missing out with the Parmesan. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was really average. Um, Rolf, you've, you've, you've done just about everything that's possible to do in the sort of media world, haven't you? Uh, well, if that was the case, then uh, I guess I'd just pack up and go home. So just getting going. I think I'm starting to learn about what not to do now. So. You've been described to me by one of the um, publishers I, I really rate as one of the few people who, who knows what's ahead in the digital world of publishing. Um, what you, t- just tell us what you're doing at the moment in, in, in that respect. You've got a company, haven't you? What does that do for publishers? Um, my newest venture is uh, called Apollo Media, and we're launching a product called Reactor, which is a platform for people to deliver content and build communities via mobile phones. Oh. And so, uh, in, in essence, anyone's able to deliver content in real time to pretty much any kind of mobile phone that exists, mm. be it you know, text, audio, video, whatever the case might be, and also allow people to interact with it in different ways. Well, how so, could this be of interest to authors? Well, for authors, if you think, um, there's sort of two levels. One is, if you wanted to be able to deliver, say you're building up interest for a new book, why not start uh, getting your community going, get people excited about what's coming? You could be using this as a way to deliver new sip- snippets of your books. Fantastic. If you want to give them a little bit of author's blog or author's podcasts or a little video interview here or there. Or in the case of some authors we're working with, they're actually using the phone as a means to get their potential audience contributing content for the book. And I won't tell you how exactly, but they're just being very creative in how they're using the phone actually as a way to involve their future audience in the development of their new story. Yeah. Well, we just talk about authors generally and authors on the web and um, how, if you were an author right now, what, what are the top five things you would be doing on the web? Well, number one is, necessarily the web is the core thing, but you as an author, I think, should be owning the relationship with your readers. Mm-hmm. Um, most, in most of the experience I have, publishers are not doing that or are doing a very insufficient job of that. That's your reader base, and you can do so much to nurture the community of people who are interested in reading your books. That's, it's up to you to do the marketing. No one else is going to do that for you, unless you're an incredibly rare author that actually is getting a proper marketing spend behind you. But probably you're not. And even if you are, 
perhaps you want to change publishers down the road, the most valuable asset you have is your audience. And if you can take that wherever you go, you have incredible power, but also, I think, many ways to use it. Just to give you an example of a way I was talking recently with a travel writer. He writes about very exotic destinations and very high-end stuff. Well, he publishes his book and sells to about 50,000 people, which is a pretty nice audience. Mm. But he sells that now directly. He doesn't have to give up any of his margin to so the publisher. So he's gone out as his publisher. He's gone out as a publisher, Whoa. selling a very high-end travel guide. And what's very smart, though, is he's built a big audience of people who contribute ideas. Um, Here's a great new restaurant. Here's this really cool hotel. Here's this place you should contribute to your book. So not only has he got a great fan base, but he's got a bunch of people giving him the content for his next book. That's terrific. You know, a beautiful yeah. cycle, and everyone benefits from it. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's one way to the extreme. The other way is fans obviously enjoy having contact yeah. and feeling that they're on the inside of what's coming. Yeah. So just giving people a little preview. You know, Here's a first new paragraph, or a couple of paragraphs, or a first chapter of the new book coming. That in itself is a certain pleasure. If they feel that they're inside and they're the ones who get it before other people have it, it's a way of building trust and excitement for what you're doing. Mm. And so those are just a couple of things I think people can be doing mm. now. Mm. The other way I see digital being very important in the web is you can, we can argue back and forth around ebooks and are ebooks going to be real or not. Um, certainly, when you look at Amazon, as a publisher or as a writer or as an, as a, an agent, whatever the case, you should be expecting that, say, 5% of your books, if they're available, an ebook will sell that way. Maybe less, maybe more, but that's probably not a bad gauge. So it's not going to be a huge market, but it's a little market for now. What's more important is digital is a way to help people sample, and that cannot be underestimated. People love to get a sense of what it is they're going to buy. And so you as an author should be promoting the sampling of your content as broadly as possible through the digital channel because people are spending more and more time online, but still sampling books is hard to do online. Maybe you can go to Amazon and do Browse Inside, but there's plenty of other places to be putting content for people to get a taste of what it is you're producing. And why not make that as ubiquitous as possible? But don't just chuck it out there. Make sure it's a way that you're linking it to other things so that people have a chance to buy it. You're linking it back to your website, to where your blog is, your podcast, or whatever else it is you're doing to reach out to your community. And so you get them excited about what you're doing. But you, know, you want to be selling it. So use the digital tools to, to sell your stuff. Yeah. This is, um, this is going to be very daunting for many authors. It, I can understand being daunting. It feels like a lot of stuff. If I'm a writer, I just want to write. Mm. I understand that. So there are some things which are relatively simple to do, though. You know, if you want to start writing a blog, sure, okay, you have to decide what it is you want to write about. Is, do you have anything to say meaningfully or not? Maybe you do, maybe you don't. But there's other things to do. You know, simple podcasts so you can explain to people more about the book. Yeah. Tell them more about the story. Yeah. Or simply putting out a first chapter, even putting it out in a PDF can be mm -hmm. useful. As an example, Paul Coelho um, uh, didn't have a Russian version of his book. And so he found a pirated version of the translation done um, for the Russian market. And he posted this up on his website. And by just publicizing it and making sure it was well linked through very simple ways, um, people started getting excited. The Russians started reading his book. Well, over time, it went from sort of a few hundred downloads to a few thousand to he's now sold in Russia a few million copies of this book. Wow. So it just goes to show, like, take a long-term view, but doing some very simple things of getting your material out there 
posting a PDF even can be enough. You don't have to do very fancy things. There's certainly you can look and do more fancy things about creating a book widget or you know, creating very dynamic video podcasts and all that. There's ways to learn about that. But just as simple things, just letting people get a feel for what you're doing, what you're writing about, is a great start. And you, yeah. can, you can do that. Yeah. What do you think we're seeing happening to Amazon right now? Because Amazon, mm-hmm. you know, dominated our hearts and minds. We all loved Amazon when it mm-hmm. first started. And now we've had that letter from Hachette, which I think has scared a lot of people. What, what's, what's your take on this whole thing? Um, I, I think Amazon is doing some brilliant things. If you're a consumer and you want to buy something, it's hard to find a better site from which to buy something on the web. They're brilliant at that. And they're executing very well to really manage and offer the broadest selection of books or whatever else is possible. You were just telling me that 20% of all books now are sold online. Thereabouts. It depends by country, but that's that's right. So, and Amazon controls the, the, the vast majority of that commerce. So... Amazon, on one hand, is doing great things for consumers. I think for publishers, it's a real threat. Amazon has incredible market power. They're taking an enormous share of the purchase price of every book. Um, They've shown in the U.S. that they probably have the ability to force publishers to have to use their print-on-demand services. Um, That There are ways they're exhibiting clout in the market, which is definitely not in the interests of the other players in the market. Yeah. And that's a result of them building this real power of, of controlling the consumer. So what does it mean for an author? Well, on one hand, it seems you should, you know, working with them is probably not a bad idea. They'll help you sell more books. But I would certainly be looking at other ways that I could be promoting the sale of perhaps my books direct. Why give all that margin directly to the publisher, directly to Amazon? If you can be selling even 5 or 10% of your books directly in some way, why not? Mm. You'll get more of the margin into your pocket and pay you for all your hard work. Mm. So I think I would be you know, cautious, use it as a tool, but don't think that that's the only place to focus your attention on. Yeah. Now, just turning to you, you're taking up a professorship at NCAD mm-hmm. in, in a few months' time. Mm-hmm. Um, what's that going to be about? And will, will it have any direct sort of bearing on the publishing industry? Uh, I'm going to be teaching a class in New Business Ventures right. to MBA students. And for me, it's an exciting opportunity. There's nothing greater than working with people who are enthusiastic and ready to take on the world. And so hopefully I'll be seating them with ideas and maybe getting them excited and thinking about new ventures in the publishing area. As for me, I see it as a great way for me to be tapping uh, a wonderful group of people who are all coming with ideas, both the students, the professors, and other people who are coming through the NCI community. So I'll only be there a day or two a week. It's a, it's a great way just to get better connected into the world of people who are really trying to make interesting things happen. Right, so that could be publishing. It might be any other sort of enterprise too. Absolutely. Yeah. Obviously, I have a particular interest in media in general, yeah. um, and wherever media and technology meet, I'm particularly fascinated. So hopefully I'll be seeing some new things which maybe we can bring to the market. Yeah, yeah. So um, asking you to put your Harry Potter... Uh, magical hat on. Mm-hmm. Um, and looking ahead maybe five years mm-hmm. maybe I don't know ten years if we can summon up the magic to do that I mean how do you see the publishing business as, as fundamentally being transformed I think the biggest threats for publishers um, is rec- not recognizing the fact that the entertainment business is shifting radically now people are spending their time is not just about is it what reading a book or watching TV it's the fact that people are now looking at the internet watching having the TV on 
doing something else, and yeah. doing their sport, all these things are almost simultaneously. Yeah. Books have to be competitive with other forms of entertainment, other ways people are capturing people's time and attention. And to ignore that is a huge peril. I think there will always be room for books. Uh, no, no, no argument there. But for the industry to be relevant, it has to change into something which is recognizes that computer games are the biggest growth part of the entertainment industry, and patent porn, and right. why? But and it's why? Why is this? those things are incredibly captivating in the new media, and people really want to consume that. Yeah. Even if you look at publishing, the fastest growing area of publishing. Um, in the digital media are things like romance novels and that they're really growing quickly mm-hmm. because again it's something which is very easy to consume in that context so the things will change and people are going to change the way they tell a story in order to stay relevant yeah. and the people who figure out how to tell a story in these new media yes. are the ones that will be very successful I couldn't agree more I mean storytelling is something that we, we all want it's sort of hardwired into our brains isn't it tell, right. tell me a good story um, I've uh, I just picked up a copy of today's London Evening Standard and there's a full-page article here, which I, I think is um, a terrific article by Norman Lebrecht. About really, it's about the the future of the classical music business. And he says, this is his conclusion. He says, um, classical recording is no longer a business. The only way to make money is to pay musicians next to nothing for their work, or nothing at all. Um, he goes on to to say that um, you know most um, uh, classical CDs sell barely any copies these days um, that Universal, which of course is a huge great label, although they don't use that word anymore, um, has been recruiting people from actually IMG artists um, and they're apparently turning to artists managers and he says as artists manager it, Universal, is legally bound to demand the highest fee, someone soon is going to feel shortchanged and then we'll hear high seas in court because of a conflict of interest. Um, this is um, dire news, really, for the classical recording business. Can you ever see the publishing business getting into this situation? I think it's not just the classical business. The standard music business is going the same way. You look, why did Madonna sign the deal she did with a, with a live concert promotion company? She herself is saying she's not going to be making as much money from her records. She's going to make money from live events. Yeah. Um, the music industry has definitely fallen on the sharpest sword in the world of digitization. Um, I don't think things are as bleak for books. Um, if you look at the movie industry, movies have not suffered to the same degree by any means. They've been much slower to move, much more deliberate. Um, however, they have been moving, and they have been doing so in a deliberate way. Publishing, I think, is not moving, but not in a deliberate way. Mm. I think many publishers are doing things reacting rather than looking and thinking carefully about the moves they're making. So will someone not get paid for their work? I think that's a smaller risk in the publishing thing. I think the risk is the market will become less relevant because, again, it comes back to the media. If people aren't making stuff relevant for the media, the way that people are going to consume the stuff, then they're at risk of becoming irrelevant. And as people, for example, you can watch a movie on any kind of device. You can listen to music on any device. Can you read a book on any device? Yes and no. You know, well, we've got the Kindle. We've got the Kindle. <laughs> How many people will buy a Kindle? I'd like we to can know. Argue. I'd like to know. Everybody has a phone. Um, you can consume most of this content now on the kinds of things phones are coming. If a, if a book wants to say relevant, it's going to have to be, how do you tell a story in a way that people will want to consume it, in a way that they're used to con- becoming more and more used to consuming it. So I think that's going to be the biggest challenge. Uh, um, Rolf, do you want a coffee? <laughs> With pleasure. <laughs> All right. Thanks for talking to us. <laughs> Thanks a lot. 
Catch Latopia Daily five days a week from www.latopia.com.